Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ooh, man. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, it's finally coming back. I mean, what with um, the celebration happening over there in Chicago, and a lot of great things are coming from the press, and Bob Iger had one hell of a speech, man. But the best thing that showed was that teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine, And we finally got an idea, after so many moments of speculation, what the what the um, title was going to be. And it's called The Rise of Skywalker. Did anybody see the last one where it's got... You know what? Whatever. Let's get into it. Surprise episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Because, welcome to the J-Man Show here on... J360 Radio. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Yeah, hey, how's it going, ladies and gentlemen? And welcome back to the J-Man Show for episode 97. And I'm your host, J-Man, of course. And man, man, has it been a very interesting week in the entertainment world. No, I'm not going to waste no time talking about that softcore news crap of who did what, who shot John, and all that kind of stuff. Nope. We're going back to structure here. If anything, it should be about the product and not the people that make the product. But then again, who knows what it is anymore. A lot of people are out there making content on different things now. Me, on the other hand, you know, I just decided to go ahead and sit back and chill and watch some movies. Matter of fact, Friday was supposed to be the start of my MCU marathon again. But, you know, I just didn't feel like it this time. Like, even, like, for me... Going all the way back through the MCU is not a trying task. I like doing it, but see, the thing is, I've done it so many times, I can remember, you know, certain shots and certain frames and certain storylines in it. It's like, I have not forgotten at all, you know? But, it's something I gotta do, you know what I mean? Because it's, on the other hand, it is something I have to do, because, hey, we're getting closer to the 26th, and well, I'm ready to do what I got to do. I got to see how all this unfolds. But, you know, like I said before, it's all still pretty fresh. So, tonight here, it's Saturday, and we're going to go ahead and do Phase 1 of it, and go all the way from Iron Man to Avengers, and just do it as bit pieces. There ain't no way I'm going to be sitting there all night just watching all of them. I mean, we're talking 20 films. Of course, you know, Captain Marvel's still pretty fresh anyway. To me, it is. Uh, which, by the way, I found out another movie's not doing so hot. Now, this movie just recently came out. 
and it's called Hellboy. It's a reboot of, you know, two great films made by Galimia del Toro, Mike Magnolia, and Ron Perlman. However, we never did get that third movie. So, we ne- yeah, yeah, we never did get that third movie. We weren't, I, as a matter of fact, we went right into Pacific Rim, didn't we? So it's like, yeah, we, we never did get that resolved. But, you know, to be honest with you, I'm wondering if the script would have been too cumbersome if there would have been probably too many subplots in it instead of a coherent plot for that movie to actually come together. I'm, I'm wondering if that's the case of it. But then again, you know, he did do um, The Sound of Water, so... You know, I mean, too many too many ideas come into play, and then you're working on your own stuff, which could be your pet project here and there. I can see why we never did get that third Hellboy movie. But then again, other people can't just throw stuff up in the air, because we never did get a sequel to District 9 either. And I'm still waiting for on Bomb Camp to go ahead and get that together, but I don't think we'll ever get a sequel to that. Which is basis for another episode, you know. And uh, I kind of wish we would quit making some Alien sequels because, like, you know, as much as I kind of like how they went back with the genesis of why the aliens exist or how they came to be, I'm kind of happier with not knowing because it makes them more creepier, you know what I'm saying? And then you start coming up with different theories of why. It's the same thing with the Predators. Like, sometimes I'm better off not knowing what planet they live on. Or I'm better off, like, knowing that, you know, the comics kind of covered a couple of things. And while we realize that people like to go on the tangents of books don't matter, which we'll go more in depth with because this is a space opera episode. The thing is, is that, you know, after a while you start seeing where the the creature comes from and what the creature's all about. And then, you know, it, it kind of takes away a lot of the suspense because for a while there you're like, geez, what, what, what is this thing? Why is this here? Why is it trying to attack everything that I know and love and pretty much could blast my head off at any moment? You see what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know, you give the Joker an origin story now. You know, the Joker, instead of just being like a force of nature that counterattacks Batman every so often and pretty much is a scary, (laughs) scary jerk in clown makeup, nowadays he's just a guy that didn't really didn't really cut it in his original plan of things so he became more chaotic because the forces around him didn't want him to be anything you know what i'm saying or there's that other subplot where you know he was a he was a failed comedian and he tried to take a part as being a two-bit hood to make ends meet and fell into that vat like i mean the thing is there's so many ins and outs of how you can make that character into something and it's so chaotic and the character's chaotic it kind of works for him but then there are times where it's like, you know, you kind of ruined the character for me a little bit because for a long time he didn't have no origin. You know what I mean? Nobody really knew how the Joker came to be. And I'm not trying to do this to throw dirt on the Joaquin Phoenix movie. I think that has a chance to succeed. I mean, like, at first I wasn't so on board with it because, you know, I, I, as for usual, I don't want to go to something just based off of the character. I want to see some story. I want to see a strong plot. I want to see something play out. You know, not something that's just made just to get me hyped up for a movie that hasn't even been made yet. You know, we have a lot of movies out there that just don't even serve the point of just being that one movie that you build a franchise around. You got a lot of things where it's just, oh, this is the trial version of the movie. This is the vanilla version of the movie that, you know, hey, you come back in two years, the real movie's coming out. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not part of the deal. That's why you got a lot of people out here 
who are pretty much skeptical against movies and will make content to go ahead and bash movies all the time because you're not trying hard enough. But, you see, in a way, that kind of backfired for a lot of people who love the Star Wars films because, see, when Star Wars Episode Seven came out, everybody was all cheerful and happy about it because, hey, guess what? This is a new take, right? This is different directors. George Lucas is, you know, at arm's length from this. This is where Disney has their moment to shine. Maybe they can do something different and unique. Something to actually carry the series over with. But then you watch Episode 7 and then you realize Episode 7 is a rehash of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi all rolled into one. And then you're like, I, I, I knew there was a movie here. But at the same time, nostalgia just went ahead and force-fed me, and and, and I I like seeing everything that I see because it's familiar to me, and at the same time, Rey, Rey is a woman, a strong female lead who can do any and everything and needs no man. Well, you know, that's entirely false because Finn was there helping her every so often. But the problem with Finn is, Finn, all he wanted to do was run away. Never really got to know Poe as much as I'd like to. Like, who is Poe Dameron exactly? And what what is he so great other than, like, disappearing in, like, the first half of the movie? You know? Like, well, when I look at Star Wars Episode Seven, I think that all the time. I'm like, okay, so what's the mission? Where, where did the... Uh, first order come from like what brought it about who's snoke for instance and who is this angsty kid that that keeps shifting from light side to dark side and then pretty much has this internal conflict what like what does he need exactly does he need ray to be like his anchor point is that the whole point of kylo ren's story because as far as i'm concerned he just reminds me of a bunch of kids i went to school with when i was 13 and those jerks were annoying they weren't necessarily evil but they were annoying and needless to say, I had swelled up knuckles after throwing them around a bunch of times and beating the crap out of them. But look, that's a different story. The thing is, is that when you saw episode 7, you were thinking you were getting something different, but you got more of the same, just with different people. And the problem with that kind of scenario is, it's like, unless you're aware of it, oh yeah, you thought it was okay. But you see, at the same time, though, that's kind of lazy. You know what I'm saying? Especially for J.J. Abrams, like, there are times where his work you know, can get pretty, like, Super 8 was kind of, I, I didn't really care for Super 8, but I like Cloverfield, and I like the um, takes that he had for 10 Cloverfield Lane, and there was another movie that he did was was pretty brilliant, I can't think of the title, but, but it's on the tip of my tongue, I'll probably get back to it, like, later in an episode or in another episode, but, you know, for a good director like him, and, I mean, you can look at the Star Wars movies and say, well, they were kind of like... Well, no. You can look at the Star Trek movies and say, well, they were kind of like Star Wars movies. Eh, I guess. I guess. I mean, there was more conflict. There was more battling. There wasn't the actual Trek. That didn't come until the third movie. And, sadly, we're not getting the fourth movie that we need because of reasons. But, like I said, I like his take with the Star Trek films. I, I thought it was okay because it was different. You know what I mean? It was something unique it was a whole thing that should have been different from the get and which is what star wars should have been like i i keep thinking that star wars episodes seven through nine should have just stayed script treatments until you had the right people in there who were thinking hey guess what instead of just continuing that legacy that side of the story is over it's a universe it's a bigger world 
out there with different things. I mean, you got the Outer Rim territories. Like, they're doing right with the series with uh, The Mandalorian. That can be something great. I mean, do something with the Bounty Hunters. Like, yeah, do something with um, other smugglers than Han Solo. And which, by the way, the Solo movie wasn't bad. I I can understand why a lot of people didn't go see it. It's because of the backlash against Episode Eight, but we'll get into that a little bit. Like, um, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me how a lot of people complain about something. They always talk about they want something different. But when they get that something different, which is kind of what the prequels were, they were a little different, but you got to figure this. The prequels were like 19 years or so before the trilogy we were familiar with. It just takes place in the same universe, and it shows like how the Empire came about. If you looked at it like from the point of view of how the Empire came, that was a pretty good set of movies. But if you look at it from just like, oh, Anakin's rise to becoming Darth Vader... Yeah, you'll probably be sorely disappointed because, you see, uh, when it comes to George Lucas's characterization skills, I mean, in some way, in some cases, he's good at building characters, but he's not the best at dialogue and conveying feelings of emotion and all that kind of stuff. Like, you'll look at, you'll look at, um, Anakin's, um, presentation, I should say, to Padme in episode two, and you'll just think this, it's cringy, it's creepy, and it's forced. Yeah, I get that. But you can also think this, you know, the the boy hasn't had any real relationships and hasn't really, um, you know, worked on that side of the department. There's a lot of people out there who have a hard time expressing themselves to somebody else. It can be a killer sometimes when, you know, you have those feelings of emotions and, you know what I mean, and you don't know how to convey them. It can be. So at that point, it's understandable. But in another point, it's like you're looking at it like this. You're like, oh, well, let's see how they fall in love. And then, man, this whole thing is awkward as hell. Because you don't necessarily want to come up to um, a lady and say, I dreamed of you. Or or talk about saying, which was just a real throwaway line. I mean, if you think about it, it ain't no different than what Storm said in X-Men about, you know what happens when a frog is, is um, electrocuted by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. And it's like... Who the hell wrote that? But then, he started to think this. It's like, it's one of them throwaway lines in the script that you really shouldn't go in depth with, but you probably will because it sounded so stupid in the delivery. But you see, going back into the universe that we're talking about today, um, I mean, like, I I never thought the prequels were that bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to put them on a pedestal and say they're the greatest movies ever, unlike certain people out there, you know? I mean, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know them if you heard what they said. Because, like, I listen to other people's content, too. And, I mean, like, they have a strong argument in what they do. I don't entirely agree with them. But, you know, like I said, the prequels were not that bad. They were movies just like any other movies. And they were trying to convey a story that blossomed into something incredible. For a while there, we had just three movies. Then later on, we got six movies. And now, we are about to get nine movies. And even then, you can... You, you gotta look at the prequels. You gotta give them some sort of redeeming qualities. Because at least then, there was a patch up there. And then, like, you still... Even with episode three, which was a very good turning point. You still had a lot of room there so that you can make extra stories. Which is where you look at the anthology movies that they were making. Like, I never had a problem with Rogue One. 
I thought um, Rogue One was great because it told you about the realities of the war that they're facing and it dealt with different people. And not to mention the Death Star plans. And like when they said in episode four that, um, you... no, they never said um, but I thought that would be funny if I put that in there. But they said a lot of people died to get these Death Star plans and they were right. And that's why I liked it so much because those people had to die. And that's the way it needed to be. And then you got to get to know some other characters that take place in this universe here. You didn't worry about Luke Skywalker. You didn't worry about Princess Leia, though she appeared at the end. You didn't worry about any of these other characters yet. And that's fine. You can make movies to do that. Don't be mad at the creators for trying to make something in this franchise here. That's why I always commend... You know, I always commend the actors, the the production crew, everybody involved in a franchise that is established out here because you will always have fans. You will always have fans who do not appreciate what you do. They'll always just talk down at you and yell at you based off of something that you wanted to change because you didn't want to stick to structure. You wanted to have your ability to create while being mindful of what is established. And then you realize this, when you have like a whole universe here, you can go ahead and make changes to this stuff by creating something that takes place in that universe if possible. And you see, the Star Wars franchise is no exception to this because for a long time there, people didn't know how to gap this stuff. They, like, for a long time, it was like, was Shadows of the Empire really canon? Or is it not canon anymore? And then you realize that The Force Unleashed, was that supposed to be canon? Did it stay as canon? Probably not. And right now, it isn't. Which was weird, because, see, the thing is, the first game should have just been about how the Rebel Alliance was coming together, how they got their emblem. Because it was Galen Merrick's family crest. And as the secret apprentice to Darth Vader, who stood his ground and pretty much rebelled against them in the end, and he had the potential to become one of the most powerful Force users ever, and he did, it worked out. You see what I'm saying? It was an okay story. Like, I didn't really care for the gameplay too much, but I'll tell you, the graphic novel that came out? Phenomenal. I mean, it should have been, a, be perfectly honest, it should have been a CGI movie. It's not like he didn't have the money to do it. But, you see, now that Disney has control over it, things have changed. So you figure that this whole franchise has been transforming left and right anyway. Based off of uh, different production heads, Kathleen Kennedy's say-so, uh, Bob Iger's approval. I mean, you know, it's one of the many different things. And then it gets to the point where some people are like, I miss George Lucas, and it's like... Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I'm always busy. I gotta turn that sound off. But it's like this. It's like, you know, you got it to the point where people are always saying, I miss George Lucas. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can't play that game. You gotta zip your lip. Because as you say that, you had him here. And you didn't appreciate him then. And now that he's gone, you're gonna have to leave it at that. That's just the way it goes. And since we have whoever we have come in, you see we had J.J. Abrams for seven. We had Ryan Johnson for 8. And Ryan Johnson is a polarizing figure. Like, I, I remember when I reviewed 8 on here. You know, I, I understand. Like, there were moments where I was like, I'm okay with it. And then there's moments where I rewatched it. And I was like, man, about 75% of this script is him. I, I, I don't really care anymore. You know, but I want to see it to the end because I'm invested. As a fan, I have to. I have to see this whole thing to the end. Because there's no point in saying, oh, I'm a withdrawal out at this point in time. 
Star Wars has been a influential set of movies for me too growing up. It was one of the is one of the series sets out here that, you know, inspired me to be a filmmaker next to the Indiana Jones series. So it's just one of them kind of things. It's like, you know, you, you don't want to part ways with something because you get like a bad installment. There's been bad Star Wars books that have been written too. But I mean, at the end of the day, you just can't hold it against them. Maybe they just didn't know how to convey the characters. Maybe they just wanted too much creative control and they didn't know how to go about it. Or they just didn't understand the mythos like anybody else does. So, you, you know, you got to give some people benefit of the doubt. But that's not to say that they don't try again and they get better. I mean, I'm sure there are some comics out there that got people saying, what the hell is this? I don't like this. But you still need to see what happens in the end, right? Don't you? I mean, like, the Darth Vader comics are great. And then, of course, you know, the classic Star Wars comics are probably, like, you know something? I need to go ahead and put that in my uh, Amazon shopping cart, because I'm going to go ahead and look at those. I mean, they probably don't hold a candle to the films, but, I mean, at the end of the day, (laughs) it's awesome. And you see, like, when I look at um, the anthology films, so, basically, they're going to slow down on the anthology films because Solo didn't sell well because people didn't go see it. You see what I'm saying? However, when I saw it, I liked it. Though, at the same time, like I said before about certain origins that are best left alone, I really didn't need to know why Han and Jewie got the ship. You know what I'm saying? I I really didn't want to know that. But it is what it is. And because that didn't sell well, they said they're not going to go for as many anthology films and stuff anymore. They're going to go to smaller scale, which isn't bad because some of the series that they make are pretty good. Even Rebels, to a point, Rebels got better. It started off rough, but it got better. So, um, looking at it, I would say for in terms of movies, because of the backlash, I'm not going to get that Rogue Squadron movie, am I? You know what I'm saying? Rogue Squadron, a Star Wars story. I think I would have liked seeing how Wedge and company carried on when Luke was busy, you know, trying to save the world. Yeah, you know, like, I I don't get it. But you see what gets me, though, and this is what the real crux of our whole adventure today is. It's like, as soon as the Rise of Skywalker's teaser trailer came out, everybody's in love with Star Wars again. Everybody's all happy, excited, and, and cheering up and stuff. And as soon as they saw that blue logo of Star Wars, they're like, oh my god, this is okay. They don't realize that this is the retcon movie and this is the same way they've been acting when The Last Jedi came out. Oh, come on, folks. Before you get mad at me, hear me out, right? You see, when The Last Jedi's teaser was announced and it came out and you saw that red logo for the first time, you were all hyped like me. You were all excited to see exactly what goes on because that red logo is supposed to interpret it darkness like anything could happen at this point. And you were waiting to see if you were going to get some sort of, um, you know, fulfillment that you didn't get in Episode 7. That's what you were all excited about. And you see a lot of people were like, oh man, I can't wait, December's going to be lit this year, December's going to be lit this year. And then when Episode 8 came out and we all actually looked at it, what happened, right? We were all up in arms, we all fought everybody, we all fought each other. You know what I'm saying? If anything, we all might as well have been Sith that day. (laughs) I mean it. I mean, it's the same thing that happens all the time, because as soon as episode 9 gets on deck and we all go see it, are we going to be polarized, or are we going to carry ourselves as true fans and be like, you know what, the sequel trilogy wasn't the best, but at the same time, we got what we wanted, right? You know what I'm saying? Because I'll give a movie a benefit of the doubt, but when I argue with fandom, 
that infests and infects a fan base, oh yeah, I'm going to hold you to the letter every time. It's the same thing about what I do with the DC Universe. It's the same thing I do about with the Marvel Universe. It's going to be like that. And then you'll probably be like, well, J-Man, I thought you were on my side. First off, J-Man's on his side. Secondly, if he gets really, really crazy to a point, then I'll pick whatever side needs be. But it's got to be something that's credible. I mean, I can't just go ahead and blindly follow everybody on one subject based off of a tangent that pretty much was poorly defined or had no grounding to it. You see what I'm saying? As soon as I hear you say, well, it should have been like, then I know it's an opinion. You see what I'm saying? Like, at the same time, I'll ask questions, and I'll go ahead and I'll try to be, you know, more informative about this sort of thing before I jump into it. It's like the same thing about Hellboy. I mean, because Rotten Tomatoes will put up there that it's a 9% rotten and all these other things. First off, you got to think this. How many people actually consider Rotten Tomatoes to be a credible source now ever since the Cap Marvel debacle? And how many times do you consider, like, any of these other things that aren't part of the Rotten Tomato family, which is part of the Fandango family, credible sources, too? I mean, see, like I said before, independent thought. You should go and see this movie because you want to go see this movie. If you were hyped for Hellboy like I was, and you were interested to see the different take, you probably wouldn't care as much about the review. But since you see, like, Rotten Tomato popping up on there... With their 9%, and it's like, gee, are you guys just being petty now because that is a demonic uh, anti-hero at best? Well, he's technically a superhero, but, you know, it is what it is. But, you see, are you are you going after this because that is a character that people know and people like? I mean, because I can only imagine what they'll do when that Spawn reboot comes out. Which, by the way, I really need to redeem that movie. <laughs> but, you see... Even though you disagree with me on this, and I mean, space operas as a genre is always great. Like, last night, you know, instead of watching the Marvel movies, I went ahead and I watched a couple of uh, space operas and hung out with the family for a while. So, I was watching, um, I was watching two great films. One was called Just Regular Endgame, and that was made by Troma Films. And it wasn't entirely space, but it was futuristic. And, I mean, like, you can tell, when you watch a Troma movie, you know a Troma movie. And see, that trauma movie was classy and trashy in its own right. And thank God to Lloyd Kaufman for making such a brilliant B-movie. I mean, anything made by that or Full Moon, you know. I try not to redeem those films because those films are not trying to be serious. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to be popcorn entertainment. And that's the point of those movies. So they're not on the redemption criteria. You see what I'm saying? They could be so bad, it's hilarious, you know. It's just like, that. that's different. However, the one that I really, really like was called Battle Beyond the Stars, which pretty much took Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai and put it in space. Kind of like how like the Magnificent Seven took that same story and put it out there in the Wild West. This one put it in space, and it did a fantastic job. Like, I mean, you had John Saxon from um, Enter the Dragon as the main villain. And then you had, like, all these other B-list actors on here. Well, not really. Robert Vaughn's not a B-list actor. But still, they're all playing the role of the Magnificent Seven. And they did a fantastic job with it. Like, it's one, it came out in the 80s. Like, remember, when Star Wars came out in the 70s, like, people were trying so hard to get on that formula and to be a part of that ride. Like, you had Star Crush, you had, uh, or no, Star Crash, Star Crash. And you had, um... 
The Last Starfighter, which The Last Starfighter held its own. Like, that is one of, uh, that is one of the highly regarded movies here in J360, believe it or not. And then you have, um, God, you, you know, there's so many Star Wars-based space opera films out there that are B-movie related. You know, like, some of them were given a shot and they didn't do so well. Then you saw, like, Spaceballs come out and that was, like, the parody of the whole genre. You know, like I said, these movies are allowed to be made into something great, and people are allowed their own take on it. You know, it's just that Star Wars ran with it and was famous for it, you know? And believe it or not, Star Wars owes the tip of its hat to pretty much um, Flash Gordon and Buck Buck Rogers. Which, by the way, we're not getting a new Buck Rogers movie anytime soon because nobody knows who owns that IP. (laughs) But you see, when it comes to Flash Gordon, however... You know, if you look back, you'll you'll see that all that stuff actually comes together. And we should get a new Flash Gordon movie. Well, we did get a new series, but for me, I, I think, you know, go with a bigger scale with that. But however, going into episode 9, though, like, I'm going to be open-minded about it. I think that movie has, like, I'm not going to go ahead and say, this is the movie that needs to fix everything. This is the movie that just needs to cap everything. This is the movie that just needs to finish. However... I don't think Disney should go on this whole thing by saying, well, we're going to go on a small hiatus from Star Wars after this. You see, at that point, you're just sitting on the franchise and you're just riding the numbers that were made. You're doing the Capcom thing. I think personally, outside of the series that they're going to make, I mean, at least they're making those, but see, the thing is, is that they need to go on ahead and make those anthology films a little bit. I know a lot of y'all are groaning and don't agree with me on it, but they should. Some of these things, like I said, the Rogue Squadron movie, uh, they don't need to touch the Thrawn trilogy because that trilogy is good and it's in the Legends universe. And at the same time, you know, we, we've all gotten graphic novels of Thrawn. We know who that character is and stuff. And at the same time, like some of the principal cast members are not there anymore. So if they wanted to do something with it, I guess it could be animation. But when I think about it, though, like, with the whole Ryan Johnson and his whole trilogy, if he's still getting it or not. I think the two people from Game of Thrones are supposed to be making... Well, they're making a series, so that, you know, it is what it is. But, <clears throat> when you're making a movie, like, they should go ahead and make more of those movies. Talk about some stuff in the Outer Rim. Like, the Star Wars... Like, the Star Wars Skywalker saga shouldn't just be the only thing. It's a focal point, yes, but you can go into different areas and tangents with it. Like, how about one where the Sith actually win? Huh? Yeah. Or how about, like, you know, the the Force Welders and... There's a whole different universe out there. As a matter of fact, we got to see a lot of those tangents take place in the Clone Wars series. Which, by the way, you know, I'm a fan of the micro-series of Clone Wars. And then, like, at one point I wasn't really a big fan of the, um... The CG uh, Clone Wars show. Until I actually had time to sit down and catch a few eps. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, looking at some of these. I'm like, how come some of this stuff didn't become a movie? Like, you don't really need, like, Anakin Skywalker and everybody else. You could just use um, Asuka. You could use, like, anybody else out there. Or create just a regular character that somehow falls into it. And becomes a great warrior in his own right. It works with the Gundam series and all. There's a whole lot of different things that you could do with this uh, franchise. But, you know, as usual, because we did wrong or something's not right here 
Or, you know, we had a couple of bump stairs left and right. We're going to go on hiatus for it. Don't go on hiatus. Just let people create and let them find their niche and let them say, all right, well, this is my story. This is my take. It'll probably function parallel to what happened with Luke Skywalker's story because there's other creatures out here that are just as vile, if not despicable, as bad as Palpatine, you know? And it's just it's just interesting to me how many people are now writing, catering to Star Wars. I mean, it's going to get even crazier because May the Force coming back. And which I was going to save like the Star Wars ba- a Star Wars based episode 4, but I was like, nah. <laughs> I can talk about Star Wars all day. And I figured, hey, why not use 97 to talk about it? But however, the future of this show depends entirely on my discretion and you guys' help. Now you know when we got a email system going here, j360productions at outlook.com, and we have a hotline for all J360 shows which is uh, 240-903-1634. This is where you guys come in with that. If you guys send uh, messages or leave voicemails or call in when I start doing the show live, which I'm doing the show live now, but I don't have the hookup yet, then if some of what you're saying makes sense or it's funny, or if it's enjoyable and it's contributing to what's going on, I'll happily play it on live for you. And another thing is, is because... Film redemptions are coming back on the show, which, you know, usually it's like, say, like, if a show doesn't do so well in its theatrical run, and, you know, if you don't, if you have your counter-argument or you have your whole thing, or if you have a question about it, send it to me, and I'll watch the film, and I'll redeem it, and I'll talk about, like, where it didn't work and where it can function as a better film, or what my take on it would be. And you see, film redemptions are fun because it gets you and me talking, and on that level. And we're all interconnected in some way. So if you don't know what to talk with me about, that's something that you can help me out with. Film redemptions are going to be fun for a connection between you and me out there, J360 Legion. So that's just one of the things we'll do. And that can actually function for not only the J-Man show, but it can also function for J360 Radio Live, which I'll be working with other people in the J360 team. So, you know, if, if you have a film out there that you pretty much seen and it didn't work out as much and you want to talk to somebody about it talk to me about it or if anything else i'll go ahead and look at hellboy here good lord these ratings are not good if anything the user ratings are a lot better than the um mass appeal ratings (laughs) but um you know i'll probably redeem this film i know when the spawn reboot comes out i'm gonna go ahead and take a look at the spawn 97 and you see a lot of people, they are polarized on that too. But you see, or they'll talk about how dated the graphics are. Once again, that's not a good argument because that is the early 90s. You see? But I'll go ahead and I'll redeem the movie based off of what worked for it. And I'll talk about what didn't work for it. So that's kind of my way of giving back to the filmmaking community a little bit. And opening it up for all of y'all out there. Because there is no such thing as a real horrendous bad movie at best. There's just a movie that just didn't work, and it wasn't executed well. So you gotta figure this, and sometimes when something's good or bad, depends on our opinion, and you gotta check your opinion. But, that's all I have for you today on episode 97. That's right folks, just two more away from the big one zero zero. Oh, which by the way, if you'd like to, go ahead and uh, give a nice comment or a rating. I'm on Podchaser now. So you just look up uh, J360 Radio, that's pretty much me and everybody else, and you know, give a rating to a lot of our shows, and not to mention that um, 
And not to mention, oh god, I had something else to say, but it probably wasn't important at all. Probably just another nameless plug. Actually, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, like if anything, you know, if you if you want to give me a shout out for making it to episode 100, you go ahead and call up the hotline, drop as many different voicemails as you want to. I mean, the only way I can improve and get better is if I hear some of your feedback and, you know, I'm still going to keep making this show for as long as I can keep making this show. So we're not stopping at 100. You see what I'm saying? So other than that, though, this is the J-Man signing off and I will catch you all next week for episode 98 and we will pick up from it and we will get where we need to be. All right. This is the J-Man signing off. Peace. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's Golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com.